If you've ever felt that your social media use is taking over your life, perhaps it's in the driving seat, you're just a passenger and you've lost control, or worse still, you're on the edge of a bit of a burnout when it comes to your digital world. Well, listen up, because I have an absolutely fabulous guest who is so generous with the tips she gives in this episode. I honestly, I learnt loads. This is not extreme stuff. This is really practical, doable ways of looking after your digital well-being. This is Unsquashed. I'm your host, Trisha Lewis. Engage your detective mindset and let's get ready to solve the mystery of the squashed self. My guest is the lovely Sam Flynn. He is a digital well-being and social media coach, trainer and speaker. Seems almost like a contradiction there, but you'll find out more about uh, how that works out. And she's got a background in business psychology. She really knows her stuff. And when it comes to avoiding digital burnout, this is a must listen. Here we go. So this... I, you know, I've realised I say this at the beginning of every podcast because it's true. This is going to be a topic that I'm going to struggle to um, keep within the confines of this episode length. Um, but we're going to give it a go. It's going to be fascinating. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share as well. Yes. And I'll also say, because I say this as well quite frequently, Sam and I barely know each other. I was um, engaged by something she said on good old LinkedIn. I'm not on commission, by the way. And just felt a vibe. And instantly, as soon as we connected here on Zoom, I also felt that same vibe. So that's just a reminder. Generally, everybody keep connecting and listen to your instincts. So... Before we delve into a topic which I defy anybody to say they won't be interested in, i.e. our smartphones and our relationship with them, let me ask you if you can share a story, personal life, work life, whatever, of when when you realise just how easy it is to what I call self-squash and therefore not fully show up. Um, well, I think I've probably had numerous of them. I mean, I've been working for myself for, well, 13 years actually now. Um, so there has been lots of squashing going on over the years. Um, and I think if I, you know, it's completely unrelated to smartphone use this, it's actually the opposite. It's the in-person, but there's been so many, one of my things is I'm very much like an extrovert on video or on stage. If I have to go into a networking room and chat with people one-to-one and approach people I don't know, it's been my one thing in those 13 years that I lack confidence in. And so I do a lot of squashing in that regard in that I don't turn up to networking events that I book onto despite then looking at who was in the room at those events that I didn't go to and seeing actually what impact that could have had. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's probably my number one over the 13 years that still continues to this day. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I do often go to them and face the fear. Um, but I have an ability to talk myself out of them very, very quickly. 
And you will not be alone. And I always tell people that despite evidence, and you've just demonstrated by saying in certain situations, you would definitely be thought of as an extrovert. You don't have a problem with the whole stage thing and video thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I tell people, no, I, I really need to lie down after any form of yeah. networking. I really it's, do. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's an, that's an inbuilt um Thing in quite a lot of people that I've spoken to actually that it's it's a lot it's a lot to approach people you don't know and start conversations with them um, and yet so much comes out of it when you do it um, exactly exactly self-squashing and it's often the expectation that we that we put on before you know the what I call we preload the the anxieties before we've even done it and then find some brilliant excuse that we have to cancel at the last minute right yep. <laughs> even if it it's last week. even true I did it last I did it on Friday um I was due to go to an event and to be fair I did have a deadline to meet but I probably could still have fit it in but I talked myself into the fact that no instead of giving myself two hours I need the whole day to complete this deadline which I could have done in two hours and gone to the networking event as well but I emailed them and said I'm sorry I can't come anymore deadlines come up and Afterwards, in my head, I thought, you're just using this as an excuse. And it's, yeah. Uh, I can literally hear uh, the <laughs> resonance um, vibrating around the listeners um, and also my brain. Good. Yeah. Right. You're human. This is this is excellent news. So let's, this is such a topic that's, oh my goodness, how are we going to keep this within half an hour? So <laughs> you work on digital well-being and you you also help people with their social media so here immediately we have a slight tension um so it's about it's about balance i guess because that's what most things in life come down to uh, it's not like social media is evil and we should never go anywhere near it and it's not like it's brilliant and the answer to everything so I don't know, maybe we should start by going to some of the dark side and uh, bringing up some of the negative impact yeah. that smart, we call them smartphones listeners, because I'm not falling into that trap. I'm not saying iPhones or no. Samsungs, which is what <laughs> I call smartphones, where all the world is there in our hands. So yeah, what what should we be watching out for in terms of those little symptoms negative sides yeah I mean well yeah as you say social media has got the the both sides to it and people always do say like well how can you do both how can you train in social media and yet almost tell people to get off social media and it and it is a balance and um it, you know social media is so powerful as you said at the start that's how we met through LinkedIn you know the power is massive and so one thing is always to focus on the positives of it and not just get entrenched in the the evil side of it um, but yeah, for most for most of us, we you know social media is highly addictive. They are designed to be addictive. These platforms, they are designed to keep us on them. You know, if you think about it, we've got things like the infinite scroll. You can scroll for hours and still never hit the end where it says you're done for today. You've read everything on here. Off you go and get on with your life. Um, so it's very easy to get sucked in and waste lots and lots of time on there. So I would say it's about setting up your own um, your own kind of friction that you put in place so that you don't lose hours and hours to it is kind of step one, because particularly, you know, well, we're all busy, aren't we? At the end of the day, you know, I'm a business owner and I think 
a lot of business owners feel the same that you can lose so much time to going on social media trying telling yourself you're working because you're marketing your business when really you're just actually scrolling and scrolling and that can be really really damaging when you get to the end of the day and, and realize you haven't got done what you need to so set those timers up all smartphones now have the um things like screen time limits or um, on Android, it is actually called digital well-being, where you can set up time limits for your use. So for example, on my phone, I have 20 minutes a day for social media. And when I hit 20 minutes a day, it tells me. Um, so it stops me wasting that time, which is such a huge, huge negative impact of social media, that time draining element of it. Um, and then also the other thing to remember is that all social media now is computer learning about what we want to see and um, what it then suggests to us in our feed. And we can teach that, you know, we can actually teach the computer system to give us what we want to see and, and it become positive. Or we can teach that system to show us really negative stuff all the time. So if we give our time and energy and, um, you know, we engage with any negativity on social media, you know, bad news stories, true crime, whatever it might be that feeds that negativity into us. If we give our time to that, then that platform is going to give us more and more and more of that. Whereas when we give our time to positive things and make sure we're liking posts that make us laugh and smile and bring joy to our life, good news stories. And, and there's so much of it on social media. There's so much happiness being shared. If we engage with that more and more, then the platforms learn, oh, Sam loves to see, you know, things that make her laugh and jokes and humor and, you know, things that show the, the wonderful side of humanity rather than the bad side. And so you will be fed more and more of that through the platform um, and remembering that you can control that. And then finally, choosing who we follow. It's amazing how many people follow people just to feel negative on the back of following them. You know, um, I don't know how what, what term you'd give it, but kind of, you know, a doom follow maybe. I'm following you so I can go into my pit of misery by comparing my life to your wonderful life, you know, be it celebrities or millionaires or fitness models or anything like that. Just don't, you know, if you're following people that leave you feeling grim, negative, down, um, lower your self-esteem, leave you with imposter syndrome, whatever it might be, then don't unfollow. You are in control again. And I think that's a massive part of digital well-being is realizing that we can control it rather than letting it control us. Well, oh my goodness, that's it, isn't it? That, that is the nub of it. And it's so... I mean, it is laughable, but I say this in with compassion, and I'm directing it at myself as much as anybody else. It is absolutely laughable how we begin to forget that we're in control. Yeah. <laughs> so what you just said there about, you know, you can unfollow, um, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, or you can... <laughs> decide you're going to spend more time looking at this so that the algorithms will know and that's what this oh I haven't thought that yeah um yeah we are and uh, well I guess the ultimate is actually just remove the ruddy thing from your phone altogether well that's but that is the on, ultimate yeah, yeah that is the ultimate and you know I've I always have digital detoxes through the year, numerous of them, not just one, which a lot of people might do when say they go, oh, I've got my big holiday of the year. I'm not going to go on social media, but I do it 
probably every uh, probably at least four times a year in all honesty um usually it aligns with school holidays so next week is half term for my girls and we're going to go and visit family so I will delete all social media off my phone and I will have a full week where I won't look at it touch it post on it nothing and for me that's really important having those regular breaks um but because I market a business I do need them on on my phone, in particular, the ones that you, um, you know, mainly post through your phone, such as Instagram and TikTok. Um, but certainly, you know, LinkedIn, I pretty much do all on desktop now um, because I can. And then I can close my computer and it doesn't LinkedIn doesn't follow me around the house and leave the door with me and walk down the street with me and stand in the playground with me. And, you know, it's 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 left at my desk. Um, so that's that's another big thing you know we don't have to access social media through apps we can still use social media through desktop and even actually the browser on our phones you can access it through the browser so if you're thinking you're out and about and thinking oh i didn't reply to that linkedin message you can log on to linkedin on your on your phone browser still without having the app so yeah, deleting the apps is always a big step for people, though. So um, I always like to kind of preempt it by saying, well, maybe you'd have to delete them forever. But just taking those regular breaks where you're not checking in all the time, where you're not getting caught in the scroll is is really important for our digital health. So why do you think I, I that's that's all that's incredibly good tips there. Actually, already you've given a, a barrel load of fabulous ideas. But tell me why then do people what is it? I mean, obviously, I've got my own thoughts on this, but what is it that you find people are scared of if they spend less time on social media? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big fear of missing out, um, you know, that if I'm not plugged in all the time, I'm missing out on something. Um, and what I tend to say to people is the reality is. You think you're missing out on something by not being on social media, but when you're on social media, you're actually missing out on real life. Um, so you're missing out on more by spending time on social media. Um, but that is a big fear for people. You know, they get addicted to following people's lives and businesses and and they fear that if they don't see what's happening, that's they're going to miss out on something. They're going to miss that little amazing post that's coming. Um, so there's kind of that level of... Um, they don't know what's next. Every time you open the app, you don't know what you're going to see. Um, so if it's LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it might be, every time you go onto that feed, it could be the post that changes your life or, you know, it could be a post that gives you this amazing opportunity. Um, and so I think there's a big fear of missing out for people and that keeps pulling them back. Um, but I think a lot of it also actually comes down to the way our, our brains work. And, um, you know, they've shown that our phone addiction no matter how big or small, most of us have some level of phone addiction comes down to dopamine release. And, you know, it's that first time we've got our brand new phone and we've had an amazing message from a loved one or something and our brain's flooded with dopamine. And it's relating that now to every time we pick up our phone. So we keep picking it up to get that dopamine hit. Um, and that's what leads to the addiction. That's what leads people to actually sometimes pick up their phone, look at something and think, why am I even looking at this? Because, you know, subconsciously their brain has pretty much told them to do it. Absolutely. And and we also tend to do it. Um, oh, God, there's so many things I want to ask you now. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. Just try and keep this on track. Right. So 
yes there is that almost subconscious use of it and you say and we we all have to be really honest and admit to an addiction which we don't tend to like to admit to because we think we think we're better than that um but no no, addiction (laughs) yeah it's it's the who me yeah <laughs> uh, no I only have one bottle of wine a night or whatever you know so it's the same thing yeah um yeah. I don't by the way um so <laughs> but I do pick up my phone on a regular basis throughout the day and could rarely write a thing at the end of the day saying this is the amazing things I learned from picking up my phone regularly throughout the day <laughs> Um, this is the joy this gave me um today maybe, maybe that would be maybe that would be an idea you actually think back at the end of the day yeah. um because there is as you say a way of tracking how long you've spent so if you, if you wrote a little thing saying oh I've, I've spent three hours on social media today and then and then write a little paragraph on wonderful things that happened today as a result. yeah the gratitude I've got as a result of my social media activity which I think most of the time will leave the page relatively blank you might draw one thing like I learned a, a new recipe for doing spag bol or something you know but but um otherwise it'll be like actually if you had a, a pros and cons what did I get out of social media today versus what did I lose to social media today and then you put three hours there, <laughs> you go, oh, so I learned a recipe, but it took me three hours spent on social media to gain back that one element of joy. Um, and yeah, it's it's a big eye opener, isn't it? And it's funny you should mention recipes, not that I'm a particular cook, but it, it's a good little um, way of coming into this next question, which is, right, so... So, I mean, we've got a shelf full of recipe books. Uh, my husband's quite into the idea of recipe books for, you know, some, there's some beautiful ones, to be honest. They're works of art and, and they've got a lot of history and stuff in them as well. Um, but if we kind of were look, you know, but the chances are we want to make something we're not quite sure. Okay, you go straight to your phone to look up a quick recipe. Okay. And now you're kind of on your phone and therefore you're slightly hooked in and that might take you to other places as well. But I'm thinking what we can, you know, how we have to retrain ourselves back to to other ways of doing stuff. So for me, being the age I am, I go back. I have a long period of life where the Internet wasn't even a thing, let alone the social media platforms. And sometimes I think when it comes to, say, marketing your business, Mm -hmm. I think to myself, reverse engineer this what would I have been doing pre all this digital world and and it's really weird because you think well I I have no idea how anyone ever did anything I have no idea how we marketed at all because what what people you had to be found in the yellow pages or put some kind of pamphlet up on a post office notice board or so it's it's, actually so much simpler it was (laughs) oh exactly or or go and meet people, I guess. And yeah. we actually, we started with that. Yeah, and we've, face we've, to face. Yeah, we've, got, yeah. A, we've yeah. got a bit weird about that because yeah. I guess it's a knock-on effect probably without us realising it. Do you, do you think that's the case? Do you think we've become a little bit, without, without consciously recognising it, because we've got that tool, has that made it easier not to have to go and do the traditional forms of communication? And therefore, we've not done it so much. And therefore, we've got out of practice. And therefore, it becomes like a thing we don't want to do. Absolutely. 
100%. Yeah, we totally rely on social media now as businesses to market. Um, there's not many businesses you'll meet who say, oh, no, we don't need to go on social media. We do all our marketing through these different methods. Majority have to be on there to market their businesses um, and they don't see an alternative. But like you say, actually, the, the advantage of using the alternatives now of sending stuff out in the post to prospects, to going and physically networking, to pinning a, a notice in your local Chinese, whatever it might be, actually, because so few businesses are doing those now because they're all entrenched on social media, they have a much bigger outcome. And then the other side of that is that social media is so heavily populated with businesses that you're in massive noise competition, you know, trying to be heard amongst all these other businesses, which can be really, really tricky. And, you know, and to add on to the top of that, the platforms then keep changing and going, oh, now you need to do this and do that. And you must be posting reels and doing videos. No, actually go back to pictures. And, and it gets very confusing for businesses as well. Um, so it's not even, you know, it's completely tricky and there's so much competition that we've then got to stand out. And, you know, actually going to those traditional methods would probably work a lot better. Um, I think it's just become the norm now. And in some ways, you know, businesses get scared about spending money on marketing um, in case it doesn't give a return for them. Whereas with social media, they can jump on for free and market their business for free. And even if that means spending hours and hours and getting zero business, so many businesses don't even think about that. They just keep pushing and pushing and spending all that time on there. Yeah. And then it's, you know, fallacy of sunk costs and, and, and just a general, you get into some very weird brain space where you just assume that the world's going to forget about you if you haven't posted four times, five times a week on a platform. So I, I'm going to be a sample client, okay, because... A, I like free advice, and B, I know that I'll be speaking for lots of listeners. So I can convince myself that um, I'm only doing a social media platform because I like, because I enjoy it. It's just a little hobby. I, I'm cool about this. And, and I've got this kind of plan, and it's fairly, you know, low-key, but... Um, but I'm not I'm not being drawn into this. It's, I mean, we do convince ourselves. So with Instagram, I've convinced myself that I just like it because it's visual and I like yeah. taking photos and they um, and I like being able to say, oh, I'll share that because there's something about that, which we'll come to in a minute. I've got a slight strategy in so much as I have a bit of a look to my grid, which, you know, I, I find quite visually appealing. But I have never once had a client from it or or any, hardly any comments on any posts or anything, you know, quite a few likes and all the rest of it, but usually from a very small group of people who I kind of know anyway, yeah. um, which is quite funny. And then on Twitter, I did this thing where I suddenly got very political because of Boris and Liz and the drama that was unfolding and the human communication yeah. story that I was observing and getting a little bit addicted to and fascinated by as a communication person. And so I started putting all these tweets and I suddenly had one that went kind of viral. And then I had another yeah. one and I went from sort of one and a half thousand followers, which I'd built up over about five years to uh, four and a half thousand in the space of about a month or two. And then I got completely freaked out by it. So it had the exact opposite effect on me than maybe would be seen as, you know, oh, this is great. This is great. I'm great. Opportunity. And yeah. I so much so that I basically deleted the entire account and, and, and waited 30 days where I could have gone back in and picked it up again and it's gone. So I, I literally said goodbye. 
And part of you thinks this is craziness. You, oh my God, you are losing four and a half thousand followers. What is going on? Until you take a step of sanity and think, who the heck were those four and a half thousand? And if they followed me because of the political stuff, that's got nothing to do with my business. And actually, I was getting bored of the political stuff and needed to take a step back because I was getting too depressed by most of it. So I didn't really need to be continuing that conversation. And all I was beginning to do was feed the machine because... I got the followers like that. So then I need to continue doing that. Oh my gosh. And I feel really good that I just said no. However, with all this mind play we do with each other, there is still this weird feeling that we're going to be invisible if we're not there at all somewhere. So give us some, give us some way through this jungle, Sam, where where we find balance. Now, obviously, each one of us is individual. So I realize, you know, you, but, but is there a sort of, is, is there any way of looking at it which says do this and spend less time doing that or maybe approach it this way and then do that to compensate for this or I don't I mean, know. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the key thing you said there is we're all individuals because I think that's, you know, someone said, if you said to someone, oh, I just deleted my account and even though it had, you know, blown up to, all these followers, but I was just like, no, I'm deleting it. I'm done with it. And someone else might say, you are insane. I'd have gone out there and I'd have gone, right. I'm not doing any political posts anymore, but I'm going to tell you all about everything else I do. Now you're here kind of thing. Um, whereas to you, that was probably, it sounds like for your digital well-being, actually deleting that profile was the perfect choice. Because if it had been sat there in the background, it had always, always have been niggling at you. Like you should be posting, you should be saying something. What do you want to do? And reality is, like you say, they're probably completely the wrong people for you anyway. They've come to you because you had a political post that went viral rather than, you know, relating to your your actual business life. Um, so it was the perfect choice for you. Doesn't mean it was the perfect choice for someone else if it had happened for them. So I think we have to learn to take everything on an individual standpoint and go with our gut feeling and also what's going to then impact us mentally. Because that could have taken a lot of, brain capacity for you away from the things that would have an impact and I think that's really important to remember um so it is a it is a complete balance and there are lots of people who absolutely hate social media but are running a business and feel like they need to be on there and I would say for those people there's there's two choices really one outsource it you know that is always an option we don't have to as businesses be on there ourselves we can pay other people to do it for us um and you know there are lots and lots of businesses out there that manage social media for other businesses. And so we don't actually have to be on there ourselves if we don't want to. And then the other choice is going, okay, I, I can see the benefits it's going to have for my business. I am going to create content. I am going to share it on there. Um, and I'm going to make sure it's as aligned as possible with the audience that I'm trying to attract and that I want to get into. And I'm going to make sure that it has the business impact for me. And therefore I need to take these steps. And those steps might be, so what I do advise quite a lot of people who hate social media to do is just spend one day a month on there. You know, go on, write, write their content, schedule it all to go out and then step away from it for, for a month. Rather than having to go on every day and feeling like you've constantly got to check in, even if that means you don't reply to comments for a month, it probably won't make any difference. You know, I think this is the feeling that we have to be like, 
we have to be responding to comments within five minutes of someone saying something. We don't, you know, so if that's what it needs to market your business on there, be visible, be present, but don't let it become part of your negativity. You know, don't let it hold you back in business because you feel like you've got to do it. And every day you've got to check in on those platforms and you've got to be present and you're not even getting anything back from it actually that one day a month approach can work really, really well. And a lot of people who have taken that approach have said, actually, they quite look forward to that one day because they only know they know they only need to go on social media for one day so they can have a little scroll and see what people are up to and comment on things and then walk away from it again. And that's quite powerful. Um, and it probably also then goes back to what I was saying earlier about having those regular breaks and regular digital detoxes and listening to how actually it makes you feel when you do it. Um, so one of the reasons I do it very regularly now is during the pandemic, I pretty much had a moment where I broke down and I'd had enough. I think we probably all hit that point to be fair. I don't think I was alone with that. Um, but my husband was in a very lucky position in that he got to leave the house every day. I say lucky. I mean, I don't know if he saw it that way, but he works in construction. So he got to kind of live his regular working life out of the house. But that meant I was home alone with three young children. You know, they were much younger than they are now then youngest only being 17 months when the pandemic hit and trying to run a business. And it, I just lost my head in the end. It was just too much. And my mental health had definitely taken a deep dive. And I just thought, you know what, I'm deleting all social media. And this was actually before I even did digital well-being, And I was just doing social media training. And so to actually, as a social media trainer go, that's it. I'm walking away from social media for a month. I put a timescale on it and I said, and I put a post out and I said, I was honest. I just said, I need a break from this. I'm going to take a month off. I'll be back. And I saw my mental health steadily improve. And to me, that was a signal that I, I needed to do that. And it was the right thing in that moment. I needed to be away from my phone. This is actually one of the big reasons I went into digital well-being. I needed to have a reason to not pick up my phone. I needed to not feel like I needed to be present when actually the people I needed to be present with were here at home with me, not on my phone. And um it was a it was a one and real eye opener for me that said, Sam, you need to do this regularly now. You know, this has to be a regular thing that you do through the year. So for anyone feeling that oh, I don't really want to do this, I don't like being on here. Actually, those taking those breaks away can show you one of two things. Maybe they're not the platforms for you, because if you dreading going back on, that's probably be a big sign to either then outsource it or look at alternative marketing methods. Or maybe you'll find that you enjoy that time off, but then you look forward to going back on and it's nice to get back into it. And it's nice to chat to people again. And that little time off is actually, you know, what's it's the, the absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of approach that just having that little bit of a break actually reinvigorates you and gives you new ideas and allows you that time to be creative without being entrenched in the in the social media world. But I think the, what it comes down to is we're all individuals and we've got to listen to our gut and what works best for us. You know what? This is the second time guts. I've talked about guts today. Yeah, really? This is great. Yeah, I am totally into this. I, um, I've i just interviewed another future, well, it'll either be future or past, when, whatever. Don't, yeah. don't, get into <laughs> some, don't talk about time when you're doing a <laughs> podcast interview that isn't live, Tricia, okay? That's a quite an important rule. Okay, but somebody else was talking about this listening to your gut thing, and I, I'm totally, totally 100% behind that. And 
and I've learned how to do it. And it is a thing you have to learn how to do. It's, it's, isn't it? It's, 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 it is a practice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's positively reinforced, isn't it? Because the first time you listen to your gut, you usually get positively reinforced, which makes you want to do it again and again and again. Um, but the first time is probably the scariest, isn't it? Where everyone else is telling you to do this, but your gut is saying, no, do that. And when you do that and it works out for the best, that's when you go, I trust my gut over anyone else which actually yeah. is another problem with the social media world because now we've got thousands of opinions thrown at us every day. So we're no longer just listening to what we think about something. We're listening to thousands of other people's opinion on that thing as well, which is is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Honestly, it does. It makes you feel exhausted even talking about it. But I, I love your I love your ideas. And, and actually, on that once, I, I really like that idea of... Um, going for it once a month it's just like yeah. pure sort of like a an orgy of social media once a month and not feeling guilty about it and knowing that you're doing it very deliberately consciously you're in control it's what you decided you wanted to do I really like that idea now on the I can hear little voices possibly coming up saying um LinkedIn let's use LinkedIn as so I think it's the best example um Oh, but if I post something on LinkedIn and then don't immediately go into um, uh, engaging with lots of other people's posts, uh, commenting, liking, commenting, commenting, good comments, you know, and and also uh, I mustn't ghost, you know, people who've commented on mine. I've got, I've got to be. <laughs> now that is quite a pressure because it almost sometimes I almost think I don't want to post because I don't want to be the one who simply posts and then walks away because that looks like I'm, you know, some kind of egomaniac who doesn't care about anyone else's posts, but my own. So is, am I, is it a myth that, that um, I was going to ask you to bust a myth actually, would that be one of the myths that, that, that I'm referring to here or is there something in it? There is something in it, you know, engaging and interacting with people builds relationships at the end of the day. So if someone's commenting your posts and you're replying to them and you're having conversation with them and building the relationship with them, it's more likely to convert into business than if you if they just comment and and you ignore it as it looks to them. Um, so, of course, there's a huge positive impact of you being there and conversing with them. Um, and I would say that, you know, that is the preference doesn't mean it's an essential thing to do though and that's where we go back to listening to our own what do we want what are our intentions what's the best way I can manage this without absolutely hating it without it becoming a form of stress for me without it burning me out without it you know having a negative impact actually on my productivity um, and if that means you only go on once a month then and you do sort of post and ghost then um you know, then that's the right thing for you at the end of the day. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, but what about the algorithm side of it? Do you know is is it true that you know if you post something, you need to then be on there doing lots of activity on other people's posts in order for your post to be spread further? And yeah, it does, it does help to a degree. It, it does help to a degree, but. You will notice if you look actually at the posts that go viral, if you looked at the people, the profiles of those people that are, you know, absolutely busting the algorithm and look at, because you can see on, on people's profile, their activity and see how much engagement they're doing. Actually, it's often very little. So the content is very much more important 
when it comes to the algorithm, getting people to engage and comment, even if they take over that feed, you know, as an example, let's think of someone like Stephen Bartlett, who's on Dragon's Den, you know, when he posts on LinkedIn, it will get thousands of comments. Now he might sometimes go and reply to some, sometimes he doesn't always, but for 99% of those comments, he hasn't responded to them yet. Every time he posts, it will get those thousands of comments. Um, and it's that's, the I love that. Now that that's a really good reminder. Although we're not Stephen Bartlett's, um, no. well, unless Stephen Bartlett is listening to this podcast, yeah. Stephen sure Bartlett, is. I love your podcast too. So you know we must get together sometime. And I also watch <laughs> Dragons Den on a regular basis. Um, that was just an aside for Stephen Bartlett there. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, I think you, what you just said is a lovely reality check. Absolutely lovely because it is it is content. It's really important. Um, yeah. You could be putting out mediocre content and doing. Well, I think, I think people gut, kind of, couldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. and I think people kind of really focus in on the engagement side, and like, oh, I must comment on so many posts, and I, and because they're not putting out in content that's attracting that anyway, you know. Um, so they're thinking, you know, I've got to do it. I've got to hustle on commenting on as many as possible. And it becomes a bit in, disingenuous, doesn't it? If you're going and commenting on people just to try and beat the algorithm rather than actually taking a natural interest in what they've got to say, it's a strange world. And it's very, and it's back to that whole digital well-being prospect is like, what world are we living in when we're speaking to people and commenting on their stuff just to try and raise up our own content? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think the reverse engineering into real life is quite an interesting experiment. I mean, you wouldn't, if the, if the doorbell, kept, funnily enough, the doorbell just went behind me. I don't know if anyone heard it, but it was a delivery. And, and Sam had one during this podcast interview yeah. as well. So, But if the doorbell kept going, like every you know five minutes, and a complete stranger was there saying, I want to have a conversation with you, you you'd be asking for, you know, um, I was going to say police protection, but that's, uh, that's bad. <laughs> Not we won't go there. <laughs> um, you would be really disturbed um, and you really wouldn't want to be engaging and you'd probably shut the door on even nice people at that point or people you knew because you'd just be so sick of it. Oh, so yeah. it's totally unnatural to be just constantly chucking engagement out there. Oh, I love this. Oh, what a fascinating idea. And yeah. you're right. And we all know because we know when we when we look through that, what's coming up in our feed, there'll be something and it might just be one in every 50 thing that just catches our eye just like the person in the cafe that's having a really interesting conversation and you genuinely want to join in that conversation and it goes deep and it's fascinating and all the rest of it it's natural as you say and although we can occasionally play the game a little bit if we're trying if we're looking at one particular client that we want to get maybe we, we can be a little bit sneaky because that's okay but generally, the more normal and human you can be about all of this, the better. And if you really stop and think, is this does this compare to us as humans and how we should be behaving? And no, no not really. Um, it's like we're being controlled by computers, isn't it? <laughs> being told what, how we should behave. Exactly. And it is deplete. It's energy depleting. And you know, you would be better switching everything off and, and going for a good, healthy walk around the block at, at a lot of points during the day, because you could say, oh, how many times you get people saying, well, I haven't, you know, I haven't got time to go walking. I haven't got time to pursue my hobby. I haven't got time. 
Yes. Oh my gosh, this is a big one. Yeah, because I mean, I always raise this with people because the average, um, the average UK phone user spends four hours a day on their phone, and you're just like, we have time. That's two whole months a year without sleep we're spending on our phone, you know. And the whole I don't have time argument is, um, I would say to people, oh, don't you go and look at your screen time, <laughs> and then you'll see that you have time. You've just been choosing it to put on something that gives you no life benefit, um, which, you know, this not, is, I don't, I don't yeah. guilt them. It sounds really bad, that, doesn't it? I don't, I don't go too heavy. No. <laughs> you know, guilt and shame yeah, them where they're wasting their being. time. Because yeah. everyone yes, does it. Yeah, everyone does it, but it yeah, is, it's I, true. I can assure the listeners that I can see you, I can hear you, and you you would be a very gentle coach. I know that. But, but you know, firm but fair. And wrapping up, um, do you, you might already have done it, actually. Do, is there one particular myth that you'd like to bust that is in this area of work? Um, I'm trying to think if there's any that we haven't busted. Yeah, we have covered quite a few, actually, <laughs> we haven't we? quite a few. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll re- refocus on what you think is the big one then. I think the big one is that we don't have to be switched on all the time. And I think society's trying to tell us that we we do, but we can go against that. And more of us that do go against that being switched on all the time and not responding instantly to whether it's WhatsApp messages or comments on social media or direct messages or whatever it might be, emails. You know, if we all respond instantly, everyone's going to expect an instant response. Whereas if we start to push back, and we manage people's expectations of how long it takes for us to respond and that's what they come to expect then we don't have to be switched on all the time and in fact we shouldn't be switched on all the time because it's really not good for our well-being i love that um just something occurred to me you know when you go into a shop as a in real life and you want to ask something of the person working in the shop um and you you go you approach the counter you're about to ask and then the phone the shop phone rings and the person immediately picks up the phone yeah 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 just just remember what that feels like okay you just this is so wrong i have taken the trouble to walk here and come here and And that happens all the time actually now with people on phones you know they're chatting away to you and they see a notification on their phone and (gasps) mid conversation to you their phone's in their hand i know text or whatever it might be and yeah it's we're all we're all guilty one way or the other let's not use the word guilt because it's a bad word really but you know we we all fall we have been sucked into this thing of instant response and i love i love that you've pulled us back on reality on that one and is there (laughs) this is another stupid question in your topic area is there one practical tip that you'd like to share you've probably done that as well yeah i think probably one of the ones i haven't said actually is turn off all your notifications you don't need your phone lighting up. Even if you turn off the sounds alone, it's it still lights up. It still shows you something, something's happening. You've got a WhatsApp message. You've got a comment on Instagram, whatever it might be. You don't need to know that as soon as it happens. So just leave on the notifications you need, such as phone calls, maybe texts, maybe WhatsApps, but I don't have my WhatsApp notifications on because it gets too much. Um, but it really significantly lowers the number of times you go to pick up your phone when you don't have your notifications turned on. So that's always a top tip to get those turned off. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, really, almost the, if you pare it all down, if you've got, for instance, if you've got kids or an elderly relative or people in your life that you know might need you urgently, then we all tend to think, I must 
have say wherever they are the whatsapp group or whatever it is you you are used to communicating with and that should be set up as a kind of rule with those people anyway this is where you're not you know we'll leave a message on linkedin or email me or text or you know no this is the place that i will always look out for you then then that's the place you can keep that notification on um but there again i come from a world where you know you you had to find a phone box if you yeah. were out and then you yeah. wouldn't have the change and then it would cut off um, there's always go, a solution beep, beep. yeah so there is all yeah we need to it's reality check time isn't it yeah That's i think it it, i think smartphones yeah. have just made everything too easy for us yeah and we yeah. struggle to think of an alternative as a result yeah oh this has been absolutely fascinating i really have to let you go um i knew this would be a struggle it always is. i have such interesting guests don't i listeners have you noticed <laughs> um so thank you where's the best place for people to make that contact with i mean you? it is in the digital world you know which as you say always sounds a bit daft but actually you know i do love the digital world and it, it is a balance so linkedin um, you can come and find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel as well, which has lots of videos about digital well-being um, and managing your smartphone use. Yes, I've I've had a quick look at that. All these all these places are great. So go connect with Sam. Um, absolutely fascinating conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Want to know more about staying unsquashed? then head over to more resources at trishalewis.com forward slash stay hyphen unsquashed. And while you're there, sign up for the fortnightly email unsquashed. For now, until our next forensic investigation, stay curious and don't forget to show up to share. (music) 